tributes to JabberCast, a Hunger Games podcast hosted by JabberJays.net. Today is Sunday, May 24, 2020, and you're listening to episode 36, Much Worse Games. My name is Crystal, and I am joined today by Jennifer in Los Angeles. Hello. Ronnie in New York. Hey, tributes. And Zach in Connecticut. We're back! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, so... Happy um, Hunger Games! Yeah. <laughs> oh, the odds were in our favor for a new story. Yay! <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so this episode, we're only going to be talking about part one, which is chapters one through ten. So if you haven't finished the book, um, we should be okay to listen to this podcast for the first part. So, But there's so much to talk about. Oh my god. <laughs> So, so much. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the things that totally caught me was that she doesn't like do a lot of table setting in this. Like, if you haven't read the previous Hunger Games or know what the Hunger Games is, like, mm, that this book isn't for you. <laughs> you I, need to go I, back I and like catch that. up. I like it's that. Just, I, I do too. I, I do too. The, the catch up yeah. stuff drives me bonkers usually. Right. Same as it's well. It's just the stuff that you like have to like breeze through, right? But there's none of that. There's like every, as in all of her other stories, every last word and sentence means something it drives the plot forward um it's very everything is very purposeful and i love that you don't have to like explain what the hunger games is or the districts or what happened to 13 like we don't need that if you haven't please come back to class later when you've done your homework (laughs) (laughs) you know I was really worried when I saw how long the book was because I mean it's 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 big. at least double the size of Mockingjay, is it not? I mean it's goodness, almost six hundred pages, and I was worried that a lot of it was going to be filler. Um, but I, I mean it was it's, it's all just it's, like content. It's, it's five hundred and seventeen pages. Design had some things to say. just under four hundred pages, so it's like a hundred something pages more. So yeah. It's crazy. But the font in this book is small. It is. It is. It is. The font. The spacing is closer to. Mm-hmm. They they really tour. What? Just in general, it seems a little bit more mature, right? So like the font and all of that, I think like reflects that. Like it's more of an adult book. Like she's growing with her audience. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. It's definitely more violent. I mean, at least personally, I think it's a bit more violent than the other. I mean, in Mockingjay, you have, like, the big war at the end and all the crazy stuff that happens there. But, I mean, this, it you could tell she was mad about something. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that this was, like, a money grab for her. I think that she she definitely felt like she had to write this story. Um, and it's, it's so interesting. I was describing it to my roommate because she's not really that familiar with the Hunger Games series. And I was just telling her some, like, little plot points and, like, some, some scary violence stuff to get her interested. And she was like... The, the author seems like she's really upset about something. And I was like, yeah, I think that she's not too happy about just, like, current situations in the world. Yeah, and, and so, like, um, I was I was telling people who were talking about that, um, the, the I think the traditional publishing process is a lot longer. So she probably wrote this book, like, three, two to three years ago, maybe even longer. Um, oh, wow. So, and, and I mean, you can tell, because, like, we'll, we'll talk about it later but yeah I, I agree like a lot of the stuff in here it just seems like it's very tied into the things that we're personally angry about right now in the real world yeah you know? so yeah I can totally see this being like her thinking I need to say something and I can't I can't say it like myself 
so I'm gonna yeah. write mm-hmm. a book about it. <laughs> and she she is a very private person. She's never really like in the spotlight or anything. I mean, yeah. you can tell how she feels about media and stuff is based on the book. So like, of course, she's not gonna come out with a statement about like any current events. So I guess she had to channel it through this book. And we're very grateful. And we're all the better for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 I can't remember what episode it was on, but I remember um, when, when I think it was when they first announced the book and, and we were talking about it. and Or maybe it was when the the first like few pages came out. I, th- I was not very happy. I wasn't looking forward to the book. Um, I just didn't want to read about snow, you know? Yeah, I, was just like, uh, I think I, that your that sentiment was widely felt across yeah. the internet. Was. From what I saw, like people were pissed the idea that like this is going to be our hero or our hero of the story. Yeah, like, um, why give him a voice, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I but... think it's actually that dovetails so well into what she's done because exactly. it gives you an insight into like nobody. It's it's that like that adage of nobody wakes up and thinks I'm going to be the villain today. Everyone is the hero of their own story. Yeah. So how yeah. did snow become the one, the snow that we know in the hunger games, like he didn't just wake up being cruel and merciless um, that developed somewhere. And, you know, when we're introduced to him, certainly in part one, that that is not the person. I mean, I think that there was an actual quote that I pulled out. Oh, here, page 128 where he is apologizing to Lucy Gray, like, you must hate me. And she's saying, you know, the Hunger Games, that's not your idea. And he's like, well, I'm the one percent or participating in them and I'm helping them. And it's like, oh, my gosh, who is this snow yeah. character? Yeah. 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 And he's a very complex character. I mean, like, when you, Crystal, when you said that people had such a backlash against him being the protagonist, at first I was like, I, I felt kind of the same. But at the same time, I did kind of step back and was like, well, maybe she has something to say, I guess. And it, even like when the first pages came out, I was like, okay, I kind of get what she's doing. But I mean, I, I have read the whole book. I promise there will not be any spoilers for me, but like it's, you could definitely see the progression into madness. Um, and, and I think they're looking back at, especially the earlier chapters, because I was re- when you said to look up a, a quote or like a line, I was rereading a lot of the stuff and I'm just like, wait a second. like he just doesn't he, like there's so many like, double meanings and everything that he says I think and like he doesn't I don't know I, I don't like snow I don't th- I never really felt for him while reading this um but go, I, I highly recommend going back to reread like at least the first part of the book because it's it's interesting like after you finished it looking back to see like what goes in his mind I guess because mm-hmm. it I don't sympathize with him. I've never sympathized with him. <laughs> and I, I, I'm glad that, that Suzanne Collins also, like, she, she just decided to go this route with it. I think it's I think it's a very cool idea. I think it's one of the best character studies, I mean, that I've seen yeah. in, a, in yeah. a prequel especially. Um, so just, yeah, I'm just going to say I, I was completely wrong. <laughs> this book is amazing, you know. Um, yeah, so for our listeners, uh, we're going to be doing two more podcasts for part two and part three. So, yeah, we'll have that to look forward to. Um, but, okay, so let's uh, talk a bit about uh, Snow when, like, we, because we had um, read the part about him getting ready and being obsessed about his shirt and stuff like that. So that kind of mm-hmm. sounded like, you know, he's just being, like, material and 
he's worried about his shirt and he's poor and stuff but I mean when you really get into it more uh, and you read about how he's he's starving all the time um, yeah that was like flooring to me you know and, and yeah. then then to hear um, about the struggles that they had him and Tigress yeah um, it was shocking um, because I just I just I don't know I just always thought that he was this spoiled capital guy who had it all his whole life you know same as well and I think that actually yeah. is really interesting because it shows that he understands the power of um, oh, wealth and and the <laughs> and the power of of poverty and how that privilege can you can hold sway over people through poverty right like he was always at the mercy of so many other people yeah. when he was so poor and that is he learned to put that into effect like just throughout the nation right like yeah when people and are and poor they're beholden to you yeah i feel like it, it shaped his personality a great deal yeah. just because he, oh, was, he was so resentful about everybody who had more than him right so i mean that mm -hmm. that that has an effect on a person's psyche right so um, just I was just amazed at how she um, basically said that you know we're child people start as children and and the world around you and your circumstances really shape who you are um, mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's not that I, I, I it's not that I forgive him or anything but just you just get this understanding of him right yeah well I just thought it was interesting that she decided to just pick the capital in the beginning at like in this book at least like as just very poor and like because I, I never thought about that before I just yeah. kind of always assumed yeah. that the capital was like the big fabulous thing that it is in the later books but it, she definitely I think kind of looked back at history like Germany World War Two, like before I mean, not before World War, World War One World War One after they like fell they were I mean they were really poor like and it just took one person to rise them up and to to make a mm -hmm. big well, thing I mean, I, it, I, I don't remember because I didn't reread the, the series before this, but uh, did they talk about a siege on the Capitol? I think it was mentioned. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't I read, I reread The Hunger Games, oh. and um, it was, and there was, it was clear like the Capitol, the, the, it's, it's referenced in um, the Treaty of Treason, um, just like, the rebellion itself no specifics um but like that's another thing i wanted to touch on in terms of like first impressions the writing itself her writing is so much more it goes into like the, so the smaller font and everything mm -hmm. but it's not katniss's pov was very dry bones she did not take time to describe everything at all mm -hmm. and not that not that this book does either but like everything is fleshed out like yeah. everything is so descriptive whereas katniss's pov um was just not she if she mentioned a tree she would just say that she climbed a tree whereas like if if i don't know if snow would have yeah snow has like a, a connection to, this, to a lot like of things he were to do that yeah, he has a connection he, to yeah. a lot of things his surroundings and everything like like sorry i think what also I, it's it's a, a reflection of like katniss is in survival mode right like a person in survival mode is looking for food. She's not stopping to look at the sunset and like exactly. consider what other people are doing, right? Like she is just, and that's that is her her mo throughout the entire series. Whereas Snow, his way of survival is 
is to consider all these other people. You know, his his barriers are um, are people and access and power. So I think that's the way that he is able to survive. Yeah, he's very observant. I agree. He's very the illusion of extravagance. Yeah, yeah. That's what I find about him seeing Lucy Gray for the first time, though, at the reaping. I mean, the when he says that she's wearing makeup and that he like makeup is kind of out of vogue and like you can't even get it in the capital they just started to get it in the capital um i'm wondering like how much lucy gray even though like i'm just wondering how much she had an influence on like the capital society because she seemed to dress kind of like audacious for the reaping ceremony like and he he was even taken aback by it and it's like if you were taken aback by a girl in a rainbow dress with makeup like what would he think of like the people with, with like of his own cousin Tigress with cat whiskers and and right. looking yeah. like a mutated yeah. cat. Like it, it's crazy how much of a change in like sixty five years that took. Yeah, you know and how much. I mean, sometimes the capital sounded like a district almost, just because it was. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, the rubble hadn't been cleared away in ten years, and no. um, dead bodies on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so cannibalism. The, yeah, the cannibalism. Oh my god, that that really oh, shocked god. me. <laughs> it got I, me. I it was... got it got me like personally uh, thinking because you know I live on an island and we're talking about like like in this pandemic we're all worrying about supply chain and uh, being cut off and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, oh god. <laughs> people go dark (laughs) it it definitely took some some random left turns like i mean in the part where the uh the arena got bombed i mean it was just him and lucy having such a sweet moment and then she's like then the world exploded and it's like Mm -hmm. she's very good at just catching people off guard i was i was i was i I had this feeling something was going to happen i was like why are they going to the arena something bad is coming oh I thought that was so interesting. Like, what did you guys think about having just an arena like that where they just kind of throw in tributes? They don't even really monitor oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and they use it. Like, over I over love it. <laughs> I love it because, and I think I mentioned this on, um, it was a couple of podcasts ago where, where again, like, um, the excerpt was released, right? And it was mentioned how there's just the Capitol Arena. And it made total sense. Like, they're not... Uh, in like the first few years of this like of course in the first few years of this they would not build strap door arenas with force fields and and all of this total sense and and it was meant for the capital's amusement and also it makes as it as part one is largely dealing with um the capital's indifference to the Hunger Games themselves, how a lot of the capital mm-hmm. is just like not, just a lot of Snow's classmates are just not into it at all, and uh, of course, like like that makes total sense, and and that was it's great seeing it's great seeing that like what I what I'm saying like she's fleshing out everything in the world like it real she really is it's suddenly believable now when we read the original trilogy um, for the capital to be more invested because we know the history of them not being invested in the first place and how it took obviously years for them to grow accustomed to this yeah well I, I, that's what I thought was interesting about it as well and I think that like the, the Hunger Games initially started out as a punishment I don't think that they necessarily 
value to the showmanship aspect of it when it first started because like you said everybody was kind of indifferent about the entire thing i mean they kind of it just seemed like they just wanted to get it over yeah. for the most part and, and, I, and I like it was really interesting that after they had them like usually whenever they had them meet with the tributes they they would send them straight off to class right and they would go talk about yeah it. so it was but like, those the classroom discussions were fascinating i, yeah. I really loved those sejanus sejanus my, fa- well, my favorite, actually, favorite favorite is that how is we're pronouncing that, it yeah is that that's, yeah. That, that's no that's how, that, that's how i, I pronounce that's it how, i'm gonna be honest i i read i listened to the audiobook because i'd pre-ordered the book and it wasn't going to come to my house till like two days later because like all the i'm in new york city so like delivering stuff right now is really hard kind of like the capital i guess <laughs> um and uh, so I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to download the audiobook. And then on like at midnight, I downloaded it, but it wouldn't let me listen to it until three in the morning. Oh, no. So I just oh. immediately, I woke up, like didn't even set an alarm or anything, but I woke up at three in the morning and just listened to the entire <laughs> thing basically the whole day. So <laughs> that's how the, the narrator like says it. Okay. okay. There's, there's Say, a lot of really weird. Sejanus. Okay. That's, that's yes. how I was pronouncing I have, it in my head. So I got oh, I so many like other like, names for you to start to pronounce them because in my head I was like, how oh, do I have we so pronounce many. this? I've got oh, to do I have, this. I can do all. Just send me a list. I will tell you how to pronounce all of them according uh, to this guy. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Like, let's go ahead with uh, Lysistrata. Oh, Lysistrata. Lysistrata. Her name I was really struggling with. Well, because I, I hadn't read it, like, physically yet, but my sister had somehow managed to get, a, like, a physical copy of it, and she texted me and was like, I can't get over these names. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, it's Suzanne Collins, so she's going to have, like, those homages to, like, Roman and Greek time names, but there was, there was a lot of characters in this book. I couldn't get over it. There was so, many so names. much, um, and you can sell, see exactly like the mythology and the Greco-Roman roots in all of them. Um, oh yes. and even and not just in the capital citizens and the students, but in the um, the districts as well, right? Yes. Like, it was, re- and actually, that's how I've been helping because, like, District Eight. I was like, wait, what is District Eight? Oh, that's textiles, and then it helps that it's like Bobbin is his name. I'm like, oh, that's like a sewing oh, thing, Bobbin, yeah. right? And then, yeah, it, see, like, it, I like have to study all of this stuff, and I'm like, Coral is from District Four, the ocean. Oh, oh duh, yeah. of course, right? <laughs> uh, and then Wovi is that is that how they pronounced it? Yeah, also Wovie. from yeah, yeah, Wovie? okay. I mean, like woven, right? Like materials, I guess. I don't oh, know. Oh, some, from some of the names. Um, five. Where what was the name? Te- um, oh, technology Tesla. So the the list is on page one hundred six. High and stole. Yep. 106 oh, yeah, yeah. high and soul what what is like is that a reference What's to something district six district five. Oh. i don't know oh, district what is five. district five i don't know i thought district five was tech right oh. trans- tech, no tech, transportation right? oh. is it it's uh, no district six is transportation i think that oh goodness district five like has to be district five is power the, so that's it, it District oh, power, yeah. so oh. high would be hydrogen, probably like or not hydrogen. Oh, like, um, like what, like soul. water, like water. Yeah, power. and then soul, soul, it would be soul. the sun, so solar. Oh, <laughs> I mean, she's genius. This, oh my god, this. I mean, honestly, reading and this then, right now, and then like, ten physically. Yeah, ten is, is Tanner, 
right? And that 10 is the meatpacking district or oh, yeah. <laughs> meatpacking district. This is an actual district in New York. Um, but like <laughs> the, right. So Tanner, Brandy, I didn't really know, but. Um, I'm sure, it might be right. Maybe she just picked a name in that one, honestly. Yeah. Brandy. Yeah. I was looking and at then, Brandy and I was like, wait, what is that? <laughs> Um, reaper, right? Like that's yeah. the agriculture. Like you reap your crop. Um, and dill. Dill could be yeah. a, a crop. Yep. I mean, so- it. She really it outdid herself. And I've been she looking did. for like um, just within the the last names and of the capital kids as well. Um, oh yeah. You know, Persephone is. Um, wasn't that the Greek story about um, she's so obsessed with her beauty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, she really she she lays that groundwork if you're if you're willing to do a little research. Very much yeah, like J.K. Rowling, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to. Oh, point Persephone is the one who gets trapped in the underworld and eats the um yeah, the, the pom- seeds, or, pomegranate the, yes. fruit, the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. and it's interesting that persephone's family is the one who are the ones who had to resort to cannibalism <gasps> oh my god what? so she ate the- <laughs> it, i mean it, i don't recommend it though for all names because some of them do I, I i looked up a couple of other names um and some of them do kind Spoil. of are, are spoiler spoilery <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, okay. Sure. So, like, I, I, I don't even know if I can I can I like say the name. Is it okay if I say there's a spoiler? Uh, I'm not gonna I, say. I, I'm I, not gonna I, say I, what I, happens. I would, but uh, I'm saying that. Let's just oh. avoid it. Error the side of caution. We, but I I did want to talk about um, Arachne, because Arachne has oh. the last name Crane. I mean, we we've heard that name before, right? So, like, who? Seneca. Yeah, Seneca. Um, so I mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, and then there was. Uh, Heavens be, Heavens hilarious. Yeah, I, I thought it was Pardue. funny. His name is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just um, think it's interesting that she decided to include like Cardu in it because like that character was written out of the movie, uh, like in Mockingjay Part Two or Part One and Two. Because it, uh, was it Fulvia Cardu that was the assistant to Plutarch? Yeah, yeah. I need to reread. I'm trying to re- think about in the uh, in the new book like what. Heavensby and Cardu, like what their relationship is like in this book versus like how it is a Mockingjay. Like, I know it's like totally different people, but like family wise, I wonder if she would try to make like some sort of connection or like allusion to it, if that makes sense. True. Yeah. Like, well, because the same family, mind. yeah, and family means so much clearly, right? In this oh, society. Yeah. So it seems as if it's very old society where like whoever your friend like this is your circle of friends and you're going to marry within your circle of friends and your friends are going to marry within that circle and then your kids are all going to hang out together so you know is hilarious heavens be plutarch's dad you know yeah yeah i mean it's and there's a lot of uh debate online that i've been saying which i didn't really question it that much when they first said the tigress was going to be in it I assumed immediately that it was Tigress that we knew from Mockingjay Part 2, but I've seen some theories online that it might not actually be the same Tigress. No, I, oh, I, I think it I definitely don't know. is. I think it is. I think it is, too. And I, I just think that's such an interesting dynamic, because, like, <laughs> there's, like, no allusion to that at all in, like, the original Mockingjay book. And, like, it, it makes sense still. I mean, it in my head, I, I'm okay with that, yeah. that little tidbit. 
And I, I love Tigress. She, I mean, she's such a good character. I'm glad that they kind of, like, fleshed her out. I, I love I, her. Did you see the actress? The actress that played Tigress in the movie, she's reading the book right now. She, like, posted a picture on social media um, with her reading the book. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it, it's so cute. Go go on the uh, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes uh facebook page or twitter page or instagram they, they have it posted on every single one but she's like laying in a bed with a cat and reading oh. the Bell of songbirds and snakes and it's so precious and i, oh. I wanted i really want to know what she thinks of like i'm sure she's so excited because i'm sure like when she got cast in the role she was like oh i'm only gonna be in this little scene and like because the character's not even in it that much in the book and then she gets this whole backstory all of a sudden I mean, i'm sure she was really excited about that well, just like we have a delving into the snow character, like this gives you a peek into the like how Tigress became Tigress, right? Like, I mean, I yeah. think Katniss even wonders like what happened to this woman that she like transformed her face this way and like fell so far in the in the eyes of the Capitol. And it's like, oh, Katniss, you have no idea what her story is. Like, you can <laughs> jump back even further. And you know, yeah, I mean, gosh, what, you know, also what leads her to essentially rebel against her own cousin right like exactly it's by, by letting I, in katniss he's she's siding with the rebels yeah she's I, a very I actually like, um i went character. i went back and i i went and i read the scene where uh tigress um where, where tigress comes into mockingjay and um when they they get to her shop she won't she hasn't she won't let them in because she's not sure and then when she finally, like, Katniss says, I'm going to kill him, you know, Snow. And that's when she lets them in. Oh. I'm very wow. curious. To, I'm curious if, like, if Suzanne Collins knew that when she was writing it, or if that was just kind of like a convenient thing for her to, to have yeah, as a character. I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 like, when you write a prequel, especially of God, I mean, the, I think Mockingjay came out in 2010, so like 10 years after your last book came out, I'm, I'm curious as to how much she had like intentionally done when she wrote the original series versus what she kind of just added in. I mean, right. I don't mind either way because it's all canon no matter what, but like, I just <laughs> think it's really interesting. She has spoken on this. Um, I didn't read the the interview though. When the oh, book came I out, she. <laughs> I haven't read it. I, haven't I don't read know. It. it might be on. I, it might be on Entertainment Weekly or something. I'm not sure. Um, but they, she did a whole interview on the development of this book and why she wanted to write it. And um, she like filled all the details. I had, like I said, I haven't read I, it. But I think she, I, I, I guess think one I put that on our. Books, I like, think I put that on on Jabberjays because she had they had okay. uh, Scholastic had, had sent out the uh, their interview. But yeah, I didn't read it either. I read the, like the first the first line or the first question and answer, and I was like, oh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I I saw the interview posted and it did say that it had spoilers in it, and I kind of did scroll through it for a second but it has a lot of spoilers so i definitely recommend Ooh. not reading well, it until after you're I, done with the book yeah i i added that spoiler but it wasn't in the press release so when i read it i was like what i know it's uh, it, it was kind of stupid how they kind of posted that without like warning everybody because yeah, it had yeah. some major spoilers in it oh. I mean, what, did, I mean, what did you all think what do you all think of lucy gray in her, <sighs> her whole entrance yeah, that's, and the, that's, uh, the reaping. Fantastic. Let's talk about her um, her reaping because um, 
I mean, she, there, a whole lot happens at it, right? I mean, she... My God! It tells you so quickly uh, so much about the character, first, right? Without uh, ever having... Yeah. First, the, the snake down Mayfair's dress, and... Ah! Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, the mayor... <laughs> Punching her in the face. I know! I, mean, like, I was like, what is I going I- on? <laughs> I think it's and the belting out, the singing. Singing. I know, she bursts into also, a number right after getting punched in the face. <laughs> and it, it's it's interesting to see the reapings happen without, like, an escort. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really curious as to when those came into play. Um, it, because, like, it was kind of weird having just, like, the mayor read off the names and everything. And he definitely is just, like, he, he didn't seem happy about doing it at the same time. I, it goes back to where, like, nobody's happy about the hunger games and i feel like district 12 especially or at least all the districts they probably hated it even more than they did in the the trilogy because like well, it just it just happened to them like it's it's just very interesting what what did, is okay wait I, I can cut this out if it's from part two but what did you guys think about lucy gray hinting that it was fixed oh no it was it was mentioned in part one i actually reread it today okay i reread okay, part okay. one today because because sejana said uh he was like, I think it was fixed, or like, yeah, like yeah, they, it was rigged, or something right? like that. He made a comment. Yeah, right? yeah, because Sejanus is like the only good character in this book. I love Sejanus. <laughs> um, if Lionsgate is listening, cast me as Sejanus in the the movie, please. <laughs> <laughs> would gladly be would gladly be like play Sejanus. Um, it, 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 that whole reaping though, it just seemed like it was a very, even though that whole scene was very quick. It, it still seemed like it was a rush reaping. It just didn't seem like anybody really wanted to be there. And I don't think that the Capitol was really enforcing it. And I think it's interesting that President Snow, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's President Snow, made it to, to be this big spectacle that it is in the original trilogy. It, um, I would say that Lucy Gray was uh, what one of the things that Snow is drawn to her in part one is because she seems more capital than district um oh yeah at least the old the old the old version of the capital so she's the only one in the crowd that's wearing this vibrant rainbow ruffled dress she takes the stage and she just in the makeup and she her hair is all done and she starts belting out this song can we like discuss suzanne collins like poetry writing skills um so good so great she took a lot of poems. I mean, th- there's a lot of, this is a very musical book. I'm, and I'm very curious to see what they do when they make it into a movie. Um, but a lot of the ballads that they do are like actual songs. There's a couple I think that she did write, but there's quite a few that are real songs. And I just think it's interesting that she decided to like go with that, I guess. To, to see how like these these old songs that are even old to today's standards I can, I, who knows what year the hunger, like this all takes place, but I'm sure it's at least a hundred so years in the future at the very least um, that these old songs have survived. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of her reaping when I first read it initially, cause I thought that it was a little, I just thought it was kind of ridiculous. I was like, how, how is the capital letting this girl after she gets punched in the face by the mayor, just go and sing her song and take the entire stage and like c- capture the capital's attention and all of that. Like at first it, it kind of made me mad. Cause I was like, there's no way they would have let this happen. But 
I just think that things were so much more relaxed back then because I don't think anybody really wanted any of this to happen. No, I think that actually the the big driving force, like, because in in that whole first part, I kept wondering, like, it doesn't seem like anybody in the Capitol is really driving this idea of we have to have the Hunger Games. This is how we keep the districts down until you come across Dr. Um, The Dr. Dr. Gray. Dr. Gale or whatever her name is. Is it Gall? I pronounce it Gall. That's who how, is terrifying, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> Literally, the the most the like way worse than Coin, the most terrifying character. Yeah. That I think that's I think almost worse than Snow because I mean she's right. so set in her ways about everything, and she knows that like the Hunger Games are are there for a reason, and she's very like adamant about that, and it, she's crazy. She's smart. I mean, well, well, she's plus, smart. Too. Plus, she's plus, she's the experimenter for like the mutts and stuff, so you know she's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Sick. I, and it's <laughs> the, well, I mean, I read an interesting theory because like the when at the end, like towards the end of the first part, when the uh, the arena gets bombed, I read an, a theory that she she might have like done it. I mean, oh. I don't know if that's true or not, but to like kind of drive the whole like districts are bad and to like show everybody in the nation like what the districts can do actually you know when they when they were starting their tour when they were walking in i thought that they were gonna lock the mentors in there with them i did too i did too i did too (laughs) oh my gosh and i thought oh my god that would be such a dr gall move (laughs) well like when i when i first was thinking about the book like after they'd released the first x like the little pieces of it I was like, I wonder if Snow will end up in the Hunger Games. And then when that part happened, I was like, oh my god, it's happening. It didn't. But <laughs> it's still such an insane thing either way. Even him just stepping foot into it, even when it wasn't the Hunger Games, you know, um, it, it was just kind of like, oh my god, he's he's been in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's weird to see how differently they treated the tributes. Like, they got to take them to the arena and like I feel like he had a lot of time he has had a lot of time with Lucy before the games even started like mm-hmm. they, they definitely were like oh well here I, I, I don't know it's it's just very interesting to see how they kind of changed everything yeah, over actually, time well, I, don't, I had written that down as one of the topics um, but uh, let's talk about um, the way the tributes um, actually arrived in the capital because that was oh, shocking God. for me like a uh, like, no, that was awful. You, you know, we're so used to like oh. like how things are in Katniss's time with like the tribute train and fancy trains. I know they're most revered, just, right? Yeah, like, and then to have they're them celebrated, just, and to have them just arrive like animals, and oh. and, 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 they, and they weren't Girls and they weren't cages. fed. They weren't fed the entire time after the reaping too. Um, and they're in chains and and oh my god when uh, the peacekeeper just pulled that girl out you know you know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about yeah, 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 yeah. he just yanks her out of the car right um, mm-hmm. it was it was shocking I mean yep and she yeah she doctor. gets like marked up yep she gets marked up and like that would never fly I, it, that would never fly um, in the pre- I'm saying present day but um, you know what I mean <laughs> I know like, I trying to say this time, time. <laughs> time 75 yeah exactly yeah 60 years um, later the zoo. The zoo. Oh my, oh my god. god. Oh uh, my god. That I I was so shocked when I had read that because I when he, he kept alluding to a zoo before that about going to the zoo and then he ended up at the zoo and at first I was like, Well that's kind of 
that's kind of silly. Like, would they actually do that? And then it, it, it honestly kind of makes sense. I mean, they, they don't really know what to do with these kids. So they just kind of put them where, wherever. And the, the, like how the little kids are like running around the cage. The, I think it was a monkey cage is where they yeah, put them some, all. Yeah, it's the monkey um, cage. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they were gawking at them and everything and, and saying how they were animals. And like, I don't know if this is in part one, but I, and it's not a spoiler, but like how they, they call the doctors like veterinarians. Yes. Like yes. for the tributes. Like that's really messed up. That, that was the part I that mean, got it, me really upset. Um, same as well. Because yeah, like you think that I, they treat the tributes awful before, like when you read the original trilogy, but no, it, it's so much worse. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I mean, for me, I was in denial for a little while. Um, I thought, oh, this is just a temporary holding place. Um, but no, oh, they, same. They, they they just kept them there. You know, I was just like, <laughs> what? I, I <sighs> saw an interesting theory online um, that like where president snow lives and like i mean he lives in the most opulent apartment building in the capital that that might have been where the tribute training center ended up being or like they might have repurposed it mm. because i think he says that it's 12 floors and it has the rooftop garden no i and, think it's 25 uh, oh i oh i thought it was 12 that was no, my bad i think it's 25 because i i think i remember him saying that him and tigress had to walk up 25 flights of stairs and i was just like oh, wow <laughs> i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine i mean I, that's honestly probably my brain because i was like trying to i tried to connect everything as much as possible to the original series but i'm glad that she didn't at the same time i'm i'm, I'm glad that she didn't a lot of prequels that i've read to books i mean it, it's just kind of fan service and like alluding and like to, to like the past novel the entire time and stuff but she definitely like like you said jen she respects the people who have probably read the hunger games and know what everything is so she doesn't establish anything yeah i think it's this is very this neat. is the world and welcome to it <laughs> or welcome back <laughs> rather <laughs> it's like well you don't yeah. have time if you didn't read the other ones well good luck <laughs> yeah yeah i was struck by um so I've been trying to think about this because Crystal, you had said that, you know, publishing timelines, she likely wrote this like two years ago, but it, it just struck me as so timely, the idea of keeping kids in cages and you no, know, I know we're not, we're not a politics kind of podcast, yeah. but it just struck so true. And it that really made me wonder, like, did she write that out? Like, did she write this before this, this political situation started happening? Was that just something that maybe they were at the zoo, but she didn't call out the fact that they were in cages, but I don't, I, it was, that would have been 2018. Fast. So that, that keeps in track. Yeah. With, um, okay. I, I, I had the immediate thought when I, when I read, like when I read the line children in cages, I thought of that immediately. And yeah. I, I think it was intentional. I, I do. I mean, I wish we could have Suzanne on the podcast to ask her questions, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But I do I do like the ambiguity of just like kind of deciphering it ourselves right. at the same time, because then you can kind of make it to how you want to make it, especially when we discuss part three. Um, I like I just like ambiguity. I like leaving up to interpretation. Well, eventually, there's going to be a movie made about this, right? I know. So I think she'll maybe talk about it maybe a little bit more because I would imagine this would play very well, um, play a big part in the storytelling of that movie. Um, That's so true. And I don't know if they've even said that it is. It going to be a three-part movie, two-part movie. No, they haven't uh, heard anything. Yet. 
Okay. But, uh, okay. Not a single thing yet. So, um, since we were talking about the the cages thing, the part that's that stood out to me the most it's on page sixty four, um, almost at the top. It's they're not animals though, said Sejanus. They're kids like you and me. And the little girl says they're not like me. They're district. That's why they belong in a cage. And I mean, I was just blown away by that. I was just like, she she really is like talking about the the, the, the situation that we were putting kids in cages, you know. And to yeah, me, like, like it goes back to what we we're saying about how she's always trying to teach through her through her book. So, but yeah, I, I hope I, people can read that and just be like, wow, this this is not right you know so. i 100 percent agree i 100 percent agree she she definitely had stuff to say with this I, I knew when they announced the prequel was happening i knew it wasn't a money grab thing I, she definitely needed to say something and i'm glad she said it because it made my quarantine so much better <laughs> <laughs> we're all stuck in our own literal house cages right now so no, honestly, <laughs> thank you for the sustenance <laughs> um just, yeah so talking about that though did you guys um get that impression that that's how uh, snow and tigress and the grandmam were where they were just stuck in their apartment with yes their, yes, with, yes. Their, with their horde with their horde of it lima was, beans <laughs> yeah it was too oh, it was God. way too real my I god I, like, see, see I, that I, that I think is definitely not something that she intended, but oh my no, god! No, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it made it way more relatable to me, especially I was just uh, like be, being in this, being in New York City during all this craziness. It's like it kind of does feel. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to compare it to like the Capitol after like a literal war, but like I saw shades of that, and when I was reading it, it definitely gave me chills on a lot of aspects because like resources are down here so much and like the policing has been a lot more strict if you don't wear like a face mask you get fined like a thousand dollars and it 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 was it's very timely to just everything that's happening right now i, I know that she probably did not predict that whatsoever but like it's crazy that she kind of did at the same time yeah, well you know it's it's a pretty common joke that suzanne collins predicted the future right? so. oh yeah oh yeah there we are again <laughs> it's, it's she's very much like a modern day margaret atwood i mean because i had i had read the handmaid's tale sequel when it came out and i i wasn't i i liked it it wasn't my favorite but i thought it was fine um and so i was worried about this book but she definitely didn't do the usual tropes of a prequel because I I was really really worried that she was just going to be doing a lot of fan service and like connecting this this situation to this situation and like this person's related to this person so this means this um it, she left it like very ambiguous I really really dug it I did like that it's sort of um like um I was telling Crystal this earlier, um, it's almost like Star Wars, right? Like you had your original trilogy and you kind of get this, it's like, we're going to get the prequels and we're going to tell you the story about how the villain becomes, breaks bad and becomes the villain, right? And so that's why I do love that it's the psychology behind Snow and the psychology behind the idea of the hunger grains and oppression and like, how do you maintain the districts and keep them in your power? Um, exactly. It just, and yeah. It, I, at I least would she like didn't to do the, the uh, 
that Suzanne is a lot better at this than George Lucas is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was about to say, at least, at least she didn't oh, yeah. take. Oh yeah. At least she didn't take the. Uh, I, I love. I do love the Disney Star Wars sequels just fine, but I'm glad that she didn't go that route. <laughs> like, because that that was just fan service to a T. She definitely made it more like detail oriented, I think, and more in the mind of the villain. Which I, I like. I said I think it's a, it's just a good character study. I'm an act. I'm an actor, so like I have to do that when I study roles and stuff. So it was very, very. I love it. I think it's good. I think it's a good book. Okay, so um, um so since we have talked about um Snow and Tigress, can we bring up the Grand Man for? I was just about to mention her. <laughs> I would first of all because my first my first impression of her is obviously oh no likey. Um, and yeah, then yeah, she's slowly awful. over over part one though she's awful but like she also cares so much about I don't know if she cares about her family's status more so than her grandchildren but I don't know like there's like this there's something not endearing but like no, um, I, I, I would call it endearing just because yeah. she's just very uh uh, she's in her own world, <laughs> and, um, right? Yeah, and, she and, and, definitely I mean, is. The whole thing about her singing the anthem every morning and she sings. Oh my god! And... <laughs> it's so well, funny. Well, I think it's interesting that they that they like actually named the anthem, like because yeah. in the book, Kat, like in the original trilogy, Cat is just like the anthem, and in, in this they're like Gem of Pan Am, and they have the whole lyrics and everything. So I'm every, curious to see time, what they're going to do with the movie. Every time the lyrics started, I could hear Donald Sutherland singing it for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the grandmam I've always I imagined is Judy Dench. Oh. <laughs> Just from, like, from like oh the first gosh. sentence, I was like, this is Judy Dench. She has to play her in the movie. But she, she's a very, she's very interesting because she's very, like, old school, capital, like, before the rebellion and everything. Um, and she has such pride in her in the capital. And, and the roses. Though, oh my gosh. She I is thought the, that was the so origin of the too. roses. Yeah. She's yeah. the catalyst for her big rose garden. It's it's very cool. She didn't need to do that. Suzanne didn't need to allude to how Snow liked roses, but I really enjoyed that she did. And it's not just the actual grandmam's roses, but she also talks about how the, his mother's powder is the smell yeah. of roses. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, you see why he has these altered roses that are just so fragrant. Like it is, you know, it is straight back to that little boy. It's, it's fascinating to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, let's talk a bit about more, a bit more about that because, um, this was, I feel like there were like two parts of Snow's personality. Um, one part was a good part. That's the part that Tigress saw, you know, her baby cousin. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. And then there was the, the capital, boy growing up and you know knowing that he has to do whatever it takes to to elevate himself and to survive right um so it's a very self-serving snow but um yeah it was almost like the two sides of him were battling each other throughout uh throughout the book but um i i liked seeing the good part of him because you know it i i i mean snow is evil but i don't like thinking that people are born evil you know Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was nice to see that you know there was a, a good part of him 
before. Uh, but yeah, like him taking comfort in his mother's compact was very touching, <laughs> right? Because uh, I don't know. I mean, it just I I I guess I always thought that he was like a loveless, a loveless dictator, you know. But he had a mother well, once, and <laughs> we're gonna have to discuss this in part three because. I have very many opinions on President Snow, <laughs> and, and, and like and like how how he kind of digests pain and trauma and stuff like that. Because personally, I don't think he feels anything. I mean, I think he feels stuff, but I think it's only towards his benefit. Um, but he does have that human part of him where he does miss his mom, um, and I think it's interesting that he he doesn't really mention his father that much because I he I guess they just didn't, didn't really get along the whole time but i just think it's weird that like tigress's parents were killed snow's parents were killed and now they just have to live with their grandma in this big opulent falling apart apartment in the middle of the capital um it, it just i guess repercussions of war and all of that it's very interesting um so there was this scene uh, that from i think it's chapter what is this hang on Chapter two. So he has a very um, this. There's this experience that he re- or a memory that he talks about that's very very similar to Katniss. Um, okay, so do you guys remember um, what led Katniss to first meet Peta? Starvation. Yeah, she was uh, trading some old baby clothes, right? And she couldn't. Yeah. She could. She she was taking it to the hob to try to trade it, but um. There's this part in chapter two, where uh, okay, it says, uh, oh, Tigress. <clears throat> that was how Coriolanus found himself at the back door of a once trendy nightclub one late October afternoon, holding the handle of a small red wagon in one hand and the grandmam's gloved hand in the other, and then it goes on and, the snows had come for a case of canned milk. The fresh stuff having disappeared weeks ago. But Pluribus said he was sold out. So, like, she, they're they're starving too, and they've come to trade, like, the little that they mm-hmm. have to try to get food. And so that, that to me was just, it, it, to me it was just a very strong parallel back to Katniss. And it's just, I was very interested that she wanted to show that you know, they came from like the same kind of situation, but they became yeah. very different people. Um, and it was just based on where they were born you know mm-hmm. agreed because, because he was he was capital and like there was just more there than there was in district 12 for Katniss I mean Katniss was on the verge of death right and I don't know I, I just I really admire that she was able to weave that kind of thing into the book and just call back to Hunger Games like that um, yeah she she definitely I, I thought that was she does that throughout the novel um, it, there's a lot of allusions to like similar experiences that Katniss has had as well and it, it just goes to show like why he ends up hating Katniss so much yeah. I think like so much I, because when they first announced that it was going to be a District 12 tribute girl that he was going to be mentoring I was like my god we're going back to District 12 like I, I would like to see something else like come on but <laughs> I, I like get it now. I honestly get it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I kind of I, I know there's we we could talk forever, but I gotta start wrapping things up. But I wanted to 
end kind of with a discussion on uh, here. So there's this question for for you guys. Uh, could Snow have grown up to become a good person in a different world? I think yes. so. Or do you I, think that there was, think. or do you think that there was From, enough in his personality that he would have yeah. ended up the way that he was in some other way? From I, what I've seen in part one, yes. <laughs> I, I agree with Jen from what I saw in part one, yes. Um, I mean, it kind of goes back to the nature versus nurture discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he, he definitely grew up in some different circumstances. But, like, if his family was the same, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think he might he might have still at least become at least not a great person. But I do see some narcissistic tendencies in him even in part one. So I'm just like, uh... I'm torn on it. I'm not sure. Yeah, because, I mean... Like, so, like, say he were born in the districts, like Sejanus. Um, oh, I'm a... Yeah. I yeah. think he would have been a... I think we would have deemed him as a good person because his enemy would have been the capital instead of the districts. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's interesting way of putting it. And if but he yeah, was, though, he wouldn't, he wouldn't become president. Yeah, because, I mean... I don't know. I mean, you can argue that the games don't become the way that they do without Dr. Gall because she she has the mutts. Oh, yeah. So obviously, those become a big thing, right? So it's, her influence is felt all the way in the future. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's like you have to wonder, like, what else What else does she do with him? Not just with, like, her mutts, but she, she seems to treat her mentors and the tributes as, as her subjects, right? Her, her lab rats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when she when they had that parade for the the girl that killed the, that district girl, um, I mean, I think he said something like, "I don't understand what the point of having a public display like this yeah. is," and I, it was her idea, I believe, right? I think yep. so. To do that, like because she yep. said something right that, after, right? Didn't she speak? Right yeah. After? So like, I think so. So I, I mean, it was definitely her idea as well to make it kind of like a a more public propaganda threat because I mean it, it remind it honestly when I read that part it reminded me of the handmaid's tale um it just like the small ways that the government would just like publicly display like punishment to be like listen if this will happen to you um which she's kind of the mastermind of I think yeah she's crazy she's crazy I hate her <laughs> <laughs> she Dr. is Crane. she's a good palpatine a player Yes, I'm excited to see who will play her. I want Meryl Streep to do it. Okay, wait. So they have to when when they're like doing their screen test or whatever, they need to ask them to cackle because her her laugh <laughs> is what is. Oh is my creepy. god! <laughs> Whenever so she started scary. laughing in the in the book, I was just like, oh my god, this is so weird. Well, in the in the so audio book, the guy the guy will do it, and it sounds just like it sounds unnerving to have this like twenty seven something year old actor like guy actor la try to la like cackle like a woman wait so does it's, he nail it's a little it or... unnerving <laughs> no it no it, 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 it's, he, he does not nail it but it's still just as unnerving okay <laughs> that's oh, the main gosh. thing <laughs> okay like honestly though <laughs> but she I, I i think she's a very interesting character I, i'm very looking forward to uh, discussing about her more in the future parts because she does some crazy stuff <laughs> <sighs> All right, uh, so let's wrap up by, um, I had asked you guys if you could um, 
highlight of a line or a passage that really stood out to you? So if you guys can, I don't know who wants to go first. Somebody can go. Uh, I'll go first. Why not? Um, it's in chapter six. It's actually the very beginning of chapter six. It's page 77. Um, it's right after Sejanus kind of yelled, like started yelling at the class and being like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? He's like literally the only rational person in the room at this point. Um, and it, it starts at his, uh, his distress made Coriolanus uncomfortable, especially when he valued his own chance to participate so highly. So like, I just think that that kind that line resonated with me because I feel like he just there you realize that he doesn't care about people and that he just cares about the opportunity to like participate and to advance further in life because I mean, he said that he, he doesn't understand why he cares so much like I don't know it just, I think it just kind of shows how self-centered he is yeah yeah, yeah. he's very um, self-focused yes because it's like yeah. if, if someone's saying like oh my gosh well the thing that we're doing is killing kids and then President Snow sitting in the back of the classroom like well yeah that's not great but like I can't move forward if this isn't a thing like I, I just think that's a little too self-centered but I think it kind of encapsulates him as a character mm -hmm. his yeah, ambition that's my yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I'll go next yeah, yeah. Um, so mine is very very simple um, but I think it kind of wraps up I think it sums up a lot of especially Snow's character um in part one anyway and um also it, it it's just it's unnerving so it's on page 75 it's the end of chapter five and it is um sorry my friend he said mildly but i think i'll keep her oh. yeah. uh, that that was uh, one of the things that kept uh bringing me back to earth <laughs> with me liking mm -hmm. snow <laughs> yep. he's so possessive but... she's a thing to be owned yeah yep. he's not a great guy obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me I think I had mentioned it earlier mine was it's not a one page it's not page 128 it's 120 um, when he's having a conversation with Lucy and she um, he is basically apologizes. he's saying I'm sorry I'm so sorry about all of this and she says it's not your fault and he says you must hate me you should I would hate me and she says I don't hate you the Hunger Games weren't your idea and he replies but I'm participating in them I I'm helping them happen and he, he drops his head in shame. I should be like Sejanus and at least try to quit. And to me, it's like, oh, this is where we're starting of him like being embarrassed about the Hunger Games and trying to stop them to let's, you know, we're going to see that unfold and how he he evolves to the person who is very much in charge of them and driving them forward and understands the power of them, you know, um, 65, 65 years later with... Yeah. Um, with Katniss, you know, they think that well, he understands what the the power of the Hunger Games is better than you know um, many of the gamekeepers, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm excited because you haven't finished it yet, right? I have not. Oh, I'm so excited to hear your opinions on this <laughs> when you finish it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I feel like I could write a dissertation on this book, honestly. Like it's. <laughs> 
maybe people will. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people will. It's, there's, there's just so much to unpack. In there's it. so much. Yeah. I'm excited for you, because Zach, you haven't finished it either, yeah? No. Yeah. I'm so I'm very excited for y'all to finish it. I'm very curious. A few more chapters. Not not I'm much sad. more left. Almost there. Memorial Day weekend. Yay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not going time. anywhere. I was about to say we all have nothing but time right now, so may as well. Yep. <laughs> okay, so mine is very short. Um, it's on page forty-nine. It's when they dumped him into the monkey cage. Oh. And he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Internally. <laughs> And yeah, she just, and she just tells him own it, and oh you know, yeah, that line. like yeah, like that. I was just like wow, because at, at that point I, I I was still in the whole mindset of it's it's gotta be like district versus capital. Of course she's gonna hate him automatically, right? But you know, I mean, she just seems to have this inherent goodness in her, where even this person who I mean I. I Granted, he did come to the station to meet her and everything, but that that doesn't really necessarily carry a lot of weight, right? So, um, but yeah, just her yeah. like saying that, just being so aware of the situation and what he needed to do, and you know, just her saying that to him, just it, it just got his motor going again, right? And he was able to yeah to able to get uh, make the most of it. But yeah, I really like that. It it said a lot about her character in just two words. <laughs> And it, yeah. it also says a lot about him, I think, too, because it, he definitely didn't seem like that kind of person that would own it, quote unquote, before that situation. So, like, after that, you could see in the books, like in the in the original trilogy, that he definitely wanted to be like own the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. it's it's very interesting. It, I I did like seeing like how like he was able to use his charm to get out of a lot of different situations or yes, he was able yes. to like smooth things over and so I, I thought it actually just um, that reminds me of um, he had you know how they had put so much Suzanne put so much uh, detail into like how uh, Tigris got his shirt all done and everybody was so impressed with his clothes and said it was just right and then as soon yeah. as like he, as soon as he's getting his dessert right. <laughs> Dean Highbottom comes over and he oh just my like God. shreds him. <laughs> he's like, you're gonna need that pie because he was gonna he like offered him the big piece or whatever. Was like, you're gonna need it, kid, or something I like know. that. And like, he was so... like talking about like he was like talking about his two small shoes, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> he's very yeah. self conscious, definitely very self conscious. Yeah. All right, so any any last thoughts? Can't wait to get it's... part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about the rest of the book because it's. I have so many thoughts about it. There's a lot more to discuss. Oh my goodness! So much. Way more. too much. Way too much to discuss. Wait. People people say that it's slow, and I'm just like, no, you don't understand. There's the detail. The detail. All right. So, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please keep an eye on um, our website www.jabberdays.net for uh, the latest news and for. Um, details on our next two parts uh, for discussing the ballad, of, the ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. You can follow us on Twitter at HGJabberJays and follow us on Facebook at JabberJays.net and on Instagram at JabberJays.net. Thank you! Have a good day! Bye! Bye. Stay safe! Happy reading!